0: Well, this grain market has gone past depressing, and now it's just plain worrisome. <laughs> the market has been flirting with sub $4 corn for a couple of weeks and this week felt below the line for a very brief moment just enough to remind us that it is possible. So what's driving this runaway train? Colleen and Kavanaugh up next to unpack this mess for us. Colleen Kavanaugh made possible by support from the Allen County Farm Bureau and right now I've been saying this for the past few weeks because we have been in session at the State House and the Farm Bureau has been uh, all hands on deck at the State House to represent the interests of Indiana farm families. That's what your membership is all about. It supports things like that, where the Farm Bureau can be there talking to legislators who are making the laws and to make sure they understand what's going on with farm families there at the Garden Gate. So consider becoming a member. Go online to itpaysviamember.org. Yes, yeah, uh, looking pretty worrisome out there. You know, we started the week with corn support, 412, 409, and 393 going away. We'll talk more about that. Soybean grain futures dropped on lower trading volume, favorable weather in parts of South America, and ample global supply. Boy, talk about ample supplies, guys. Corn inventories, worldwide forecast to rise to 322.1 million metric tons in the 2023-24 marketing year that ends in August on the 31st. USDA said that'll be up from 300.3, so up about 22 million tons uh, over last year. Soybean stocks expected up from 103.6 million to one hundred fourteen point six. 6 million tons year over year. David, let's start by talking about the export inspections this week because kind of a good news, bad news thing, weekly export inspections for corn rise, but weekly export sales continue to be pathetically lousy. So David, let's start out with the inspections report this week.
1: For sure. Wheat came in, less than expected at 234. Corn, okay number, 820. But beans, 56 is all. Although we did have a big buy by China because they bought 391,000 tons. But look at this, unknown canceled 591. So we had bigger cancellations than what we had sales. Well, of course, they were switching it from unknown to China, but something went somewhere else. When you look at the corn, you do see in the number there, at 3:34, going to Mexico and Japan. A buy. How about this? 343.8, a very strong number to Japan, and wheat to Japan, 56.4. They were the big one, and Mexico was 57 on the wheat. So, good news on the nearbys for their corn, but
2: not good news for the wheat or the beans. David, this corn thing, we need to thank Mexico because they continue to be a strong buyer of U.S. corn, despite all this talk about GMO corn. And ag official out of Mexico came out and said, we will continue to buy U.S. corn, and we're not concerned about GMO, except for the corn that goes for human consumption. But when it comes to fee we have no problem with
0: buying US corn. Yeah, it's all about making those tortillas. You know, they want to have the really, <laughs> really good stuff for that. Uh, David, and I was also well, impressed by the fact that the Philippines were in pretty big this week. 228,000 metric tons of soybeans purchased on the export sales report to the Philippines. And I, when was the last time correct. they bought that much from us?
1: Well, they have been. Not that much. But I've been noticing the Philippines creeping up on these numbers. Plus, they've been buying bean meal, too. So I've been impressed with that. They want to feed their people because I know the Asian economies over there, are are doing very, very poor. But the Philippines, I think, are really working, trying to feed the people of the Philippines.
0: One of the other things driving the market this past week, guys, are the funds, you know, and I've been watching it. It's pretty deplorable as well, and certainly an indication of what's going on in the market. February 7th, through February 13th, the funds sold off just over 16,500 contracts of corn for a net position of 314,000 contracts and sold 4,200 contracts of soybeans to post a net short soybean position of 135,000 contracts. Now, the reason I bring it up, both those positions are the largest net shorts that the funds have accumulated since 2019, John.
2: Wow. You know, this is kind of amazing. The funds are getting shorter and shorter, and we're approaching a record amount of short positions And yet we haven't had any kind of a bounce yet. Now, we know what's coming. At some point, there's going to be some pretty big fund buying coming in. But there's no way today to project when that's going to happen or what's going to stimulate it. We've been waiting for the past few weeks say, oh, the funds have got a big short position. They're going to see some short covering come in. And all we've done is set new lows
0: with not a lot of help out of Brazil either. We've talked about this at length, and that is the difference in price. And just for reference, U.S. soybean export price is running just over $460 a ton for us versus Brazil around 410 So a significant difference between the two. The rumor mill this week, I don't know if you guys heard this because it was the rumor mill, but it was out on the street, and that was a China Bought 10 to 12 cargos of Brazilian soybeans?
2: Yeah, I heard that, too. That was uh, one of the stories floating around. Uh, so that's kind of negative on soybeans. But not unexpected. We all know that the Brazilian beans and the Argentina beans are going to come in and hit the market. And they're going to keep discounting the price until they sell it. So that's no surprise, I guess. But there's other bad news out there. It's all scuttled at the moment. But uh, there was uh, stories floating around that China was going to release a million tons of soybeans from their reserves. Ooh, if they do that, that's just a million tons fewer soybeans they're going to be buying from Brazil or the U.S. In any respect, that's negative. And then there's also reports that the source on this is uh, Arlen Suderman, and he's saying that it appears that the amount of acres, soybean acres, planted in Brazil is understated, and Mm -hmm. that the crop's going to come in larger than the uh, poor yield's. Uh, would project because there's more acres out there, and that's what accounted for the larger crop than expected last year. Same thing. Now, that's just talk at this point, but it's coming from some very reliable sources.
0: Yeah, well, Ireland's pretty reliable source, and I, I heard the same thing about China, but in tandem with what you're talking about about China, the uh, latest estimate from analysts is that China's going to import 4 million metric tons less by the time this first quarter is over. Now, that has more impact on probably Brazil than the U.S., given the fact that they're a lot less expensive, but Brazil's bean basis is under pressure. Stone X posed the question <laughs> this past week. They, yeah. So uh, that uh, may be a sign that Brazilian bean crop is sub-150 million metric tons, but th- that was just a question that Stone X had thrown out there.
2: It very well may be, but let's remember, the total, uh, as it stands right now today, the total South American protection all countries is uh, still expected to set an all-time record. Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, as well as Argentina and Brazil, that they, combination, especially with Argentina having a considerably larger crop than last year after they they were hurt so badly by drought. But the total production is not only going to be up, but it's going to be another new record for total South American production. And I guess I'm going to ask the question, is there any constructive news out there anywhere?
0: (laughs) Well, I guess if you're in Brazil, there's, David, some pretty good news. And that is uh, at least Stonex Brazil team reported that 26% of the summer corn crop has been harvested versus 16.8% last year. So they're really rocking on. The Safrina winter crop is 49.4% planted as of late last week versus 12.3 percent last year way ahead yeah so David, yeah, definitely a very yes. fast planting pace and a lot of this i think goes to your comments about the weather down there
1: Exactly. And that's been the primary feature, especially since the NOAA people have said that the El Nino is going to end very quickly or start very quickly. La Nina is going to be ending quicker than expected. So we're going to be seeing much warmer water there and not the cooler that we've been seeing. And that would uh, definitely make it cooler and wetter into South America, which is what they need to get the crop harvested, except for one problem. That is, if it's too wet and parts of Brazil and Argentina have been, what I would say, overly wet. So that's something to keep in mind. But with the weather changing that fast, like not instead of of June, they were talking earlier down South America, they're talking now the end of April, early May. That's a big difference to the market, especially in South America.
0: David, let's talk about South America too because, you know, when we've had issues with our beef herd that has been like way down. Brazil, a lot of people don't know this, but Brazil is a huge producer of beef, at least for U.S. prices. You're looking at the prices that and how they've been going this past week. Beef and pork both have been very brisk in terms of their prices
1: yeah they have been very very strong and you know a couple weeks ago we saw some really good export sales well we didn't this week beef was only 12.6 japan bought 4.3 so okay fine give them the kudo pork mexico bought 13.2 out of 28.9 so our export sales have been coming down and the whole story is right now that Brazil is your biggest producer of beef in the world. So they have beef all over the place down there. It just doesn't have the quality that ours does up here. But a lot of people like to buy it for that reason, because it's less expense. Plus, the quality is not as good, but the people are not complaining about that. They're saying, I'd rather eat that than eat the leather on my shoes. <laughs>
0: well, that, okay, well, given the choice, I guess, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. All right, John Boy, it's time, uh, time for the last word. What do, what do you have for us this week?
2: Well, uh, we talked about how uh, bad export sales have been this past week and, and several weeks before, and they they have been bad, but not for sorghum. Sor- what? Big w- big sales for <laughs> sorghum was announced uh, on Friday. A flash sale came across that uh, China purchased 126,000 tons of sorghum from the United States, and this is the largest sorghum export sale uh, in the past six-plus years. So, wow. uh Wow. Go sorghum, I guess, you know, <laughs> can sorghum turn us around? <laughs> well, wow,
0: yeah, 128,000 tons, that's, uh, that's uh, probably a significant part of the entire crop for the U.S. It is, a big chunk of it. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. and Kavanaugh, made possible by support from the Allen County Farm Bureau. Now, your local county farm bureaus, along with the State Farm Bureau, have been pretty busy down at the State House with a lot of issues facing our farm families. And I got a chance to go down to the State House, talk with some of the Indiana Farm Bureau folks. Steve Howell was one of them, and we'll take a listen to that conversation coming up in the second half of the hour. Now, when you support your county farm bureau with a membership, you're supporting the farmers that feed us and the farm. Bureau activities at the State House. So go online to ItPaysToBeAMember.org.
2: Podcasts
1: by Federated Media.